You're listening to a podcast by BI Norwegian Business School. Welcome to Creativity Matters, podcast on creativity and innovation. From managers to engineers, journalists to chef, everyone is talking about creativity and innovation. But are they really crucial? Can we manage them? This podcast talks about how creativity matters. My name is Federica De Molli. I'm associate professor at the Department of Leadership and Organizational Behavior at BI Norwegian Business School. And I have the pleasure to take you to this journey towards the exploration of creativity. Today, I'm glad to have here Lamberto Siega, Digital Media and the Studios Director at AC Milan. Before joining the football club, Lamberto worked in various sectors, such as media, entertainment, e-commerce, consumer and retail, working for important companies such as eBay and Mediaset. Welcome, Lamberto, and thank you a lot for being here today. Thank you, Federica. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Can I ask you, uh, Lamberto, to tell us uh, a little bit more about uh, your personal and professional professional journey? Um, how did you end up, for example, in uh, AC Milan? Well, it was uh, honestly it was something that I didn't foresee. Um, I started my career after holding a degree in business administration. I started my career as a consultant. I've been working as a consultant in one of the top firm for almost 10 years, doing like the classical, you know, career path. Uh, at a certain point, I realized that that was not my, my real, you know, path in terms of future development. So I really wanted to, to join company business to be responsible for, for doing real things. So I, as you mentioned, I have been working two years in eBay as head of sellers responsible for the development of the seller platform for retail France and Spain. Then I moved to the entertainment as being marketing director for the pay TV arm of Mediaset, the main Italian broadcaster, which was closer to my, you know, interest and desire. You know, I, I always been very, uh, a great consumer of content, sport content, but also movies and, and series and everything. And then just out of the blue, you know, Similan came and said, you, you are the right person for this role. And it was strange for me because I have been a huge fan of Similan for all my life. So it was something really important, but I never thought and never target the company. Also because um, particularly in Italy, um, sport, uh, sport entities are, are not super professional, super big, super structured for, from a business point of view. And so, I, as I said, I was not expected to join the team, but uh, I'm super happy, honestly, to be, to be part of the club because uh, I found a space where they could really, was really eager to do new things, to improve the, the quality, the professionality of the business, to become really an entertainment company because this is, in the end, what football clubs are. And so, so far, it's been four years of intense work, but very satisfactory from a personal point of view. It might be very difficult to answer this question, but uh, what is your typical day uh, like at work now at uh, AC Milan? Um, well, it's, 
it's really uh, uh, being responsible of, of the media and digital part is really a mix of day-by-day uh, uh, -day activity, like, you know, check about uh, the content production status, uh, update on, on, on uh, um, what we are going to publish on the social update on result because the, the nice things in digital is that you can measure everything. So you, you check the numbers, you check the performance, and this will take 50% of the time of, of, of the, of, of the time that I spend the work. And the other half is basically project, you know, it's, it's, it's an environment. It, it's a business where you can never really stop because it's not like a factory or oh, well, it's a factory, but in other, in other terms, um, so you always have to have project in your pipelines to do things differently, to launch new, uh, I wouldn't say product, but new way of, of, of provide content to your, to your fans. And, uh, and there is always something that you need to improve. So, so I would say the other part is just planning and check the, the status and make things happen because as I mentioned before, you know, it's, it's really, um, we are 200 people, so it's more a lot making things happen rather than making presentation and slides and discuss uh, big things. What are the aspects of your work that you like the most? Well, I like a lot the sector, uh, which means that when I wake up and when I see what are the meeting in my agenda, the things to do, I'm not in a situation where it's like, oh my God, that's going to be so boring. You know, because eventually everything that I do is related to somehow provide a service to a fan, to engage the fan, uh, create value towards the fan, because eventually they are they, they, our customer. So it's something that where I can see myself in. So it's always something that it's not really, it's never boring, you know. I can, I can, you know, project myself <laughs> as a, as a customer. So, so it's, it's, it's good. It's something good. Something feel nice. You work in a sector, the soccer world, uh, that um, it would be normally cons not considered creative. I mean, uh, if you think about um, a creative sector, you might think about design, arts and cultural fields, for example. Um, but uh, on one side, you do a job within the sector, which is very much connected with creativity and innovation. And so my question is, how do you relate uh, to creativity and innovation? How do they enter your daily activities? And if you see that the creativity and innovation are important also for the sector itself, for the soccer um, sector itself. Well, uh, start, starting from the sector, you need to separate from what is the sport side of it and the, and the business side of it. Um, both of them have their level of creativity. Um, on the sports side, I cannot really, you know, say I can, I just, I can just say what I see and read in newspapers. So there is a lot of usage, recently speaking, um, the, user, the usage of data to select the players. Uh, so, you know, you, you try, if you don't have a lot of money, if you're not a super big clubs, you can be smart and find players, not only in the classical way, so watching for them during the matches, but try to read the numbers to say, hey, this guy could fit really well in our way of playing on our organization. But it's something that honestly, I, I, I don't know a lot. As, as, a, as a fan, 
I can just see the the, the division on that. Um, on the business side, you're right. There is not, um, let me say, disruptive innovation, uh, but uh, there is uh, a need of constant incremental innovation. Um, we work, uh, uh, the interaction with fun is basically digital and the digital world is, 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 you know, changing all the time. So if you think about the social media, which are one of the most important way to talk with your fan, but also to monetize your fan, because indirectly when you sell a sponsorship to a company, you are selling an audience and a potential interaction with them. Uh, the, the, the environment's changed a lot every, every year. Now, new, new way to produce and consume content on this platform, new social network uh, arriving, other social network declining. Uh, and there is always the way, there is always the need to be native in the way you produce content. So you have to force yourself to adapt your ecosystem and you adapt the way you're working accordingly in the way the world is, is, is going. Um, an example, but maybe we can touch it later. No, now we are going to the uh, Web 3.0 with the Metaverse NFT. It's a completely different. We are not the innovator because, of course, they are the one that created the NFT and the Metaverse, the one that are inno really innovating. But we need to understand what, what would be our value proposition in these new, new worlds, which require you know, a different way to, 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 to organize our work and, and thinking. And you have to um, deal with a variety of projects, uh, very different, sometimes one from the other, uh, in a very uh, quick way as well, because uh, uh, you deal with um, social media, for example, you, did, uh, you deal also with other kind of media, and the projects you have to invent have to be uh, uh, very catchy for the public and always uh, uh, different. So uh, my question is, what gives you inspiration? Uh, what drives your inspiration? Where you take your... Uh, your ideas? Well, I, I probably have a sort of defined uh, approach given my background. So the fact that I've been working so much in consultancy, particularly during my first year after the university, uh, somehow forced my, my mindset to be very structured in terms of approach. So, so I see, as I was mentioned before, two, two, two main elements one is okay where the market is going so is a lot of you know benchmarking uh check what the other one is doing check where the market is going talking with the social media talking with innovation company digital solution provider to understand okay that's the direction where we want to aim to and uh, and the other side is like okay how can we can be effective in that direction providing potentially a return of the investment that we have to, to make. And return is not only about money, it's about maybe followers, audience, KPI that you can somehow sell internally or externally. But also, even more important, how you can experiment and, and, and try new things without any additional money to invest or very few of them. Because it's very easy, you know, if you have, you know, if you have a lot of money to spend, you can do whatever you want. The problem is to be effective when you have a constraint. Normally, <clears throat> uh, we tend to um, solve problems and situations using uh, approach methods that we, we saw that in the past work for us. So the idea of uh, keep on 
somehow doing the same, uh, apply the same uh, solution to new problems. Um, how would you, um, how do you help your collaborators, your team members to uh, jump beyond uh, this limit and try to find something new, uh, try to come up with new solution? How do you help them in doing this? I, I, I think that um, there are two main drivers that help a manager in, uh, in doing what you said. One is somehow external. It's the company culture. Uh, and there's nothing you can do. So, so there are organizations that have been part of some of that that are, I wouldn't say totally against innovation, but they don't help innovation. And so it's very hard, even if you want to, to innovate because, you know, it's always about, oh, no, what, what is the return of this investment? Oh, no, we're not sure about that. Oh, no, it's, that is not cool uh, because it's not the way we used to do the business here. So you mean uh, they and, keep on, uh, like, doing the same things? I yeah, mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's the same thing. It's like uh, when you propose it, it's like, no, that's not going to work. And people around you, they don't give you the confidence about that. And so the environment became very, very tough in terms of, of innovate at any level, even it's a small change of process, as long as there is no top-down the, the, the direction. The second one, which is partially related, but is more in... Uh, in uh, in one people, uh, you know, freedom is just to give trust to the people around you. So, so it's about, oh, you go, L let's try, uh, let's spend this money. I have the budget. I know that there is some room for that. I will invest in you. And also I will somehow be, be back to your shoulder. So protect your shoulder if, if it's not going to work. So this allows people to take risk, to innovate, uh, to experiment, to fail, of course, but knowing that nothing is going to happen and, and that there will be a, a lesson to be learned, even in the case it's not going to work. Um, we, we uh, just a small example now, we, two years ago, we launched a similar official account on, on Twitter. No, sorry, on, on Twitch, which is the, was, the platform was going to expand into sport, discussion and stuff like that. So we have been working with the platform itself to, to find, you know, uh, a sort of product planning and, and, and you know, investment on that. Uh, so we were the one of the first club doing that, but in a different way. You know, we, we just didn't replicate the content we have on other social on Twitch. We say, what is going to work on Twitch? Oh, this and this and this live. Okay, let's do that. And um, so it was a good example, you know, to let's do a trial and success. And then after one year, we tried the same in English. So it was, it was the same content, but made for English potential international fans. And it just didn't work. And after a few months, we closed it. But there was no like, you know, no one was blamed for that. We just tried. And, you know, sometimes it's, the result is a success. Sometimes it's bad. But it's the confidence, it's the support and the trust that you can give to your, the people who work with you that help them. In, uh, on, on innovation. That, that's just my view on that. Yeah, it's um, a lot of uh, teamwork. Uh, I mean, as far as I understood, uh, um, the, the projects that you develop are all created in teams and uh, uh, it's essential the effort of uh, and the contribution of each member of the team uh, in this uh, project, which sometimes are uh, very complex. 
Um, how do you choose your collaborators? Which are the most important characteristics and features that uh, you think they should have? Uh, for me, and again, it could be just my personal view on that, it's very important. Trust, committed commitment, and transparency. I would rather prefer to work with someone less smart, less innovative, but someone that I can trust 100% instead of, you know, a super, you know, good guy, but that you never know if you are, you can trust him 100%. You know, it's, it's, it's really a matter of trust for me. You know, I, I used to take responsibility for anything that happened in my organization from, from a typo on the social media to the official app that is not working when there is a live content for the most important match of the season, uh, which could be a burden somehow because you have to, you know, to write to the top management maybe, oh, we did this, we made this mistake. You know, it's happened also recently. And it's a fun example if you want to talk about. But at the end of the day, when people know that you have this kind of approach, they will give you another 110% of their effort in doing stuff. And at the same time, I know that I can rely on them for extra mile. So I know that if I have a problem, if someone is, I don't know, if we need to go extra hours or doing something in a certain way, and I have to ask them to trust me on something top down, they will do that. Which at the end of the day is about team working and, and, and a good working environment. But uh, again, there are, I've been in a situation where you just want to protect yourself because you don't trust your colleagues at any levels, you know, which it doesn't help. So, so there are people that, you know, are really good in, in, in living in this kind of environment. There are a lot of, lot of challenge, a lot of, uh, you know, internal discussion. And for me, it's the other way around. I want to have people around me that I can trust 100%. Yeah. Now I'm curious to know what happened. I mean, what's the example you just mentioned? Well, it's it's probably, I mean, uh, it's fun and interesting, but uh, there was, a, uh, we were, uh, you know that the Similan won the, the title this year after 11 years, but the, the club, the teams won the title only in the last match, mathematically. So we have been starting working on, on the celebration content probably two months ago. Uh, with the risk that you have to trash everything because the, you know the risk that, that the teams were, were not going to win, and the celebration organization was like, for example, find a space in the main square of the of Milan to put a camera in the case the all the the all the the, the fans uh, were going there to celebrate. So one of the youngest people in my organization, super independent, has just joined with a super passion was checking about the space with a, with a lawyer office. And instead of, you know, keeping uh, to stay on the phone, she sent an official email like, you know, in the case we are going to win, can you rent us the, the, the balcony for this and that? And of course, someone made a picture of the mail and it's go, it's went, it went viral on the social. Now we tried to stop as much as possible. It went viral, you know, with the name of the person and say, so there were, you know, other teams saying, ah, they're sure about winning and stuff like that. So, so I didn't blame anyone in this case, you know, was, was, a, was a, this was a personal fault of that. Um, uh, but she made a mistake because she was helping 
in a lot of work we have to do. And eventually, coming back to the point, I had to call Paolo Maldini. You, you may know him, you know. <laughs> He's the head of sports. I look, Paolo, if you heard some, if some journalist writing to you, if you notice the social media, if someone is, will show you that, it's our fault. You know, we will try to do our job, but, you know, that was a mistake. And the funny thing is that he said, he didn't blame us, honestly. He said, well, it's going to happen. The bad guy was the one that made the picture, but he said, well, so we need to win. So no one is can <laughs> can make jokes about that. And nice. eventually we, we won, so it was, was good. But it was the kind of environment where they like to, to be from this point of view. Nice. So this um, brings me back to the reflection that you did about the corporate culture, uh, So which is uh, the place where you're working has a culture that allows people to take risk, to... Uh, take responsibility to come out with an idea which might seem uh, silly, but uh, at the end, everybody is um, contributing to, um, to the teamwork and to the processes. How would you describe um, the AC um, Milan corporate culture uh, besides these features that we mentioned? And if you see that there are some characteristics of it which are particularly important for creativity and innovation? Um, it's, uh, I think that uh, what I see is that when, when the, the, the people that we hire or that we are, when they have a huge passion for the sport, and a huge passion, uh, in particular for, for, for the brand. So they are similar fan. They are just more committed, just faster, and they provide more innovation on the table. Independently, if it's going to work, could be a you know graphic innovation, could be different way of doing content, this kind of stuff. So so at the end of the day, it's about be aligned with the mission and with the value of, of, of the company. Um, of course, you know, it's easier to identify yourself with the club because you, you, you are a fan and, and you may go to the stadium, enjoy to be in the stadium, feel part of the victory when you win. So, so it's easier than other, than other companies. But again, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, that, and as a consultant, I've seen there are companies where a very strong culture where they really feel that the mission, the value, the purpose of the company are something that they can see themselves into it a lot, fitting a lot. So when there is this, this alignment, I think that not only the business performance is, is, is better, but the, the, the approach to innovation in terms like we want to do even better. We want to, you know, survive in, sometimes in the challenge industry. It's, it's, it's easier because people just feel part of the organization and they are not considered themselves just a number you know, to be part of something that provides you the, the money for a living, um, but something more. <laughs> so in, fo in football, you can see that ju just more for the passion side I mentioned, but I think it's something you can have across different sectors from this point of view. You mentioned many projects, many different projects. Um, some were successful, some other maybe less. Um, but what are the main um, obstacles that you find uh, in implementing uh, an idea or a project which is uh, very new compared to what you used to do before? Uh, I would say there are two main barriers. 
One is that when you somehow you have to justify a relative big investment. So, you know, it's something that you need to show internally, you know, some transparency. So it's not something that you can have in your little garden um, because you want to, have to, to give the same transparency to, your, to the higher level as you expect from the people below you. So that could be like, okay, that's a cool idea, but we are not in the stage of doing that right now for, for different reason. And the second one that's more operational is that you have, maybe the idea is at a strategy level, but then you have to convince the people to add this activity or, or doing things in different way even if it's not coming coming from them, you know. So TikTok, just to come back to social media, is a very particular social media. It's growing a lot, it's booming actually, but different for the other, it says like one over one over four people on TikTok are just on TikTok, so they are not using any other um, um, social media. It's a very young uh, segment which you know provide different needs different type of approach and but from a brand positioning point of view 85 percent of the people that see a brand on tiktok are positive about it so it's really works well for brands but again you know when we decide to invest in it there were two ways one was just like okay let's take the same content we had another social input of tiktok as other one is doing or, or going to the people that were, were going to the area um, that was responsible for content and say, no, you need to have a sp- special native content, which require more work at the end, you know, because you need someone who's actually a journalist to check all the trends of TikTok and think about how to replicate it in football with the music with a certain moment. So it was, you know, convince the people, no, that's going to be huge for us because if we if we will be the first in doing that if we if the social is booming as we expect if we were a return internally or in terms of visibility so that was happen but uh, you know when you go to someone and say hey you have to do more with the same resource <laughs> sometimes it's not easy yeah. so it comes back to the level you know to the point of trust commitment uh, and 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 uh, good relation between uh, between departments yeah <clears throat> your work is a lot about um taking a um very quick decision on uh, like almost instant problems or changes or finding solution to something which might change very quickly uh, especially because you are following uh, social media and uh, these kind of platforms which are uh, always constantly changing so Um, but I expect you to have like, uh, what is your, your vision? I mean, a, a little bit more long-term vision, um, and the one that you would like to convey also to your team members. Um, yeah, you're right. There are a lot of decision or reaction we have to, 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 to take in a very short times, um, which is really part of the day by day. Um, with a day-by-day activity. Um, in the long terms, it's more about um, how you can be more effective in the market. 
in the meaning like, okay, I see my cost structure, I see my uh, where I want to aim, which are, and so you identify which are the enabler that can help you in be more, more uh, uh, effective in doing that. So, so for example, we, we invest two years ago on the studios. So we have uh, our studio production. We used to have external, an, an external renting for some days on that. To me, to be one of the best media house in this football market, um, we had to really, um, we are really to think about how can I produce more content? How can I experiment? What do I need, you know, to create better content? Just I need more people, more money. No, I need to do things differently. So for me, the studios was an enabler because there's something that I have in my, in, in, uh, in my headquarters. I can have, you know, access to resources that I didn't have before. And so these help a lot. So when we have something, when we want to try something new, okay, we have the enabler. It could be the same for a technology uh, or a digital solution, a platform. Um, so it's really to understand which are the booster for the business in the next three, five years. No more than that. Zooming out a little bit from uh, your uh, work uh, that, you, that you do now, Uh, I can imagine that uh, in your life, uh, you met um, many people that inspired you, uh, many uh, innovators or creative people that uh, are, um, I mean, touch you somehow and uh, gave you inspiration. Um, what, uh, I mean, when, when you met those, those people, uh, did you ask yourself what makes them so special in terms of uh, uh, innovators? What... Um, What touched you particularly um, in these cases? I've been working usually in a structured organization. Um, I, I said that the Similani is it's, it's, um, it's not a big one, but it's pretty you know, traditional, like a football club that is not a big innovation. But I have been in touch with external supplier that have... Um, They're busy innovating a lot or creating successful story in what they're doing. Um, I, I see two key elements that, uh, that they have. One, they are super curious um, as, a, as a base of the person. Um, and, the, and the second, they have no fear. They have no fear to, 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 to just take a path or try things uh, in a completely different way. They are, not, they are not fear to say, okay, you want to launch these initiatives. Uh, I like the idea and I want to be your enabler in that. I will put my money on that. So if we succeed, I will have a return. If we don't, we, if we, if we don't succeed, we still I have a learning lesson and I can go somewhere and say, okay, I, I learned this on, on that. So, so the... the risk-taking aspect is pretty evident in the one that uh, are our big innovator. Very, very last uh, question. Um, how would you advise students who are starting their careers? What would you tell them? Uh, I would say, I would tell them to have a clarity what they want to do or what is, could be their passion in, in, the, in, the, in the job, because 
I honestly realized joining Similan, even before, you know, when I was in the broadcaster, that there was a lot of entertainment, a lot of sports. I, I like it a lot. But I realized the power of, uh, of doing something you really like, both in terms of, um, both in terms of, of effectiveness, but also in terms of uh, pleasure in doing this kind of stuff. Uh, so having a target, having a goal is something important. And then to try to create, to create, even it's very hard at the beginning when you're young, but to create a path for being there. So for example, there are people, you know, university guy uh, that write to me, I want to join a similar, maybe they are super good. Uh, um, uh, they are super good in, in potentially what they do. But they say, you have to spend 10 days in another place get a lot of know-how and then try to join you know a football club or similar bring your value if you start your career here of course you will be very happy but you probably is not the best for, for for starting so so try to do try to have an idea how to reach you know your your one life goal work job uh and and try to understand each each step can what can provide in terms of uh, additional value to reach the goal you have. So clarify your passion. Be honest with yourself about your yeah. passion and try Because to. Many, many, many times I see that many people, and there is nothing wrong on that. It was one of the ones they want to have a, like a great career. They want that success. So they say, okay, I'm going to doing um, investment banking or consultancy or big organization. And they put on the, somewhere there on the, on a side, what would be, you know, maybe they want to do marketing in tennis or I don't know, in something else. And, and that can work. But when you realize that you, 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 you can do what, what you really like, you realize that, oh, that's really super important to me in the day by day life. life. So clar clarify the passion and then be a bit more be a bit strategic also in, yeah, in order yeah. to achieve uh, it. Like, like okay, I, I want to work in, uh, in, uh, in Nike. Okay, what I have to do to arrive to Nike in the right moment, in the right position? Should I start as an as a intern or should I work, you know, in other organization and, uh, and, then, uh, and then move there as an example? Yes, yes. Good. Thank you very much, Lamberto, for this uh, very inspiring conversation. Thank you to you, Federica. And thanks to our listeners. Uh, I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into creativity innovation as well. That's all for this episode. Uh, see you next time. This is a BI production. Listen to more podcasts. Go to bi.no slash podcasts.